We are living in a complex world. Sin complicates everything, and only the truth of Christ can return us to simplicity. Today, we look at a powerful phrase found often in Scripture and apply one thing to our lives. What is the one thing God is trying to teach you right now? Let's join Scott Pauling as we find our place in the Word of God. My grandfather, who was now with the Lord, had an amazing way of taking very complicated things and boiling them down. And he had a little phrase that he used frequently. I can hear him say it. He would cut through all of the uh, peripheral things with this one statement. Well, one thing about it, and then he would summarize with great simplicity what the most important issue was. When you come to the Word of God, the Lord has an amazing way of cutting through the mess of cutting through the complexity of life. And, oh, isn't this a complex world? That's what sin does. Sin complicates everything. And the Lord, through his truth, cuts through all of that and brings us down to one thing. Recently, in my study of the Scriptures, I was struck by the use of that phrase, one thing. It is woven throughout the Word of God. Uh, A great concentration of it in the New Testament, and at least once in the Old Testament, and for the next few days, I'd like to examine some of those amazing passages with you because I think it helps us bring all of life down to one thing. In complex days, we need this return to simplicity. Let's begin today by going to the doctor's office. Would you come with me? Let's go to see what Dr. Luke has to say in Luke chapter number 6. This beloved physician is writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, He tells the story of the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples on a Sabbath day walking through a field of corn, you remember, and the disciples getting some of those ears of corn and eating them, and the Pharisees immediately jumping to their accusation and criticizing them for breaking the law by plucking ears of corn on the Sabbath day. Uh, they, They asked the question in verse 2, Why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? And Jesus answering them said, Have ye not read so much as this, what David did when he himself was unhungered, and they which were with him, how he went into the house of God, and did take and eat the showbread, and gave also to them that were with him, which it is not lawful to eat, but for the priest alone? And he said unto them, That the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. These religious people were religiously wrong. And in fact, so often religious people are wrong because uh, we get the form of the thing without the substance of it. We get the externals and not the internals. Uh, To borrow from another portion of Scripture, we get the letter of the law but not the spirit of the law. And ironically, here they are questioning about the obedience to the law and they don't recognize they are looking the lawgiver in the face. (laughs) Who who do you think made the law? Uh, Christ is the truth. Christ is the very son of the living God, so the lawgiver is before them. And not only the lawgiver, but the one who perfectly fulfilled both the letter and the spirit of the law in every way. They were staring Christ in the face and missed him. I think so often with our religious form and function, our motions and mechanics, if we're not careful, we miss Jesus. The Bible says in verse 8, But he knew their thoughts, and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. Now, this is the same passage. 
in the very same passage where they question him about eating on the Sabbath day, they also question him about healing a man with a withered hand. Do you remember how the Lord, in a moment of time, with a word, spoke to this man and healed his hand? And the Lord Jesus knew that the thoughts of these religious people was totally out of step with what he was trying to do. And so, in verse 9, Jesus asked another question. Listen to it carefully. Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand, and he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other, and they were filled with madness and communed with one another what they might do to Jesus. You know, you can tell a lot about a person by what makes them mad, by what grieves them. Can you imagine people getting upset because a man with a withered hand gets healed because the Lord did it in a way that was not their way of their choosing or in a way that they could understand? Here's the phrase, though. Jesus says to them in verse 9, I will ask you one thing. So today, we come to one question, one very simple question that he asked. And may I point out to you that throughout this passage, the Lord keeps asking them questions. In fact, sometimes he answers their question with a question. When God asks a question, it is never that he's looking for information. Let me repeat that. When the Lord asks a question, he already knows the answer. He's not looking for information. When the Lord asks a question, it's one of two things. Number one, he's asking a question for revelation to show something, or he's asking a question for our agreement. In other words, for us to have to say it, to agree with him. Uh, when the Lord asks questions, his questions probe. They search us. They, they dig to the heart, to the motive, to the inner thoughts. Remember, Jesus knew their thoughts. I want to say to every person listening to me right now, Jesus knows your thoughts. I don't even know who's listening. But Jesus not only knows who's listening, he knows your thoughts. He knows the motive behind it all. And I wonder today, what's your one thing? What's the one thing the Lord is probing in your life, searching in your heart, trying to reveal? And do you remember in the Garden of Eden when the voice of the Lord God came walking through that garden in the cool of the day? What did he say? Adam, where art thou? Let me ask you, was it because the all-seeing, all-knowing, all-present God didn't know where Adam was? No, he knew right where he was, but he wanted Adam to say it. He knew exactly what fig tree he had taken leaves from to make the apron. He knew exactly what tree was hiding behind at that moment, and he knew everything he had already done. And I want to tell you, the Lord who knew Adam and the Lord who knew these Pharisees knows me and knows you. He not only knows us, he knows our need. He knows your frame. He remembers that you are dust. He has every hair on your head numbered. And with one question, he's beginning to reveal to us our great need. Do you know what this one thing, this one question was doing in Luke chapter number 6? This one thing that he was trying to show them was how evil their own thoughts were. And I think that's a good place for all of us to start. Let's boil it all down to one thing today. One thing about it is this. We're all sinners. We're prone even to criticize the Pharisees, but here's the dirty secret. There's a little Pharisee in every one of us. We're all people who have, at times, some religious facade, but beneath the surface there is a heart that is so full of sin and worldliness and selfishness. And what is the Lord doing? The Lord is working to reveal that to us. 
You know, sometimes our greatest need is just to see our need. And sometimes the greatest thing we can do is just recognize how truly sinful we are. Can I challenge you today to agree with him, to answer his question right now with a very simple, honest answer? Yes, Lord, I'm a sinner. If you've never been saved, how how do you get saved? You get saved by coming to him as a sinner, not by proving something to him, not by learning more about religion. You come by saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And if you already know the Lord is your Savior, I would tell you that no matter how religious you are or how much you know, that doesn't impress God one iota. It doesn't earn any more favor with the God of heaven who's the thrice holy God. We are all just desperate, black-hearted sinners who desperately need Jesus. Jesus said, I will ask you one thing. I wonder today, what's the one probing question the Lord's using in your life right now? Let it go to the greatest need and confess to the Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you. This is one thing I know for sure. All of us at Enjoying the Journey are grateful for the opportunity to share these few moments with you. It is our sincere prayer that God will use His Word in your life throughout the day and that the simple truth will help you to know the next step He has for you. We look forward to our next study together. Until then, visit our online home at enjoyingthejourney.org. We would love to hear from you.